Hello and welcome everybody into the Barbecue and Curry podcast. This is a new one this week as uh, me, Sam, as you guys know, and Austin. Very excited to be doing this. Let's talk about some college basketball today. Yes, we'll be talking about college basketball. This will be the college basketball podcast here on the Barbecue and Curry podcast network. Um, we're looking to do it two times a week and we're looking to get these out on Mondays and Thursdays. So keep everybody out and uh, look out. And if you like college basketball, this is the podcast for you. Uh, first off, we're going to start about uh, the poll movement. And this week's AP poll just came out uh, about 45 minutes ago. And top three are similar. Uh, number one, Gonzaga still. Who would they beat this week, Austin? Uh, they beat Pepperdine by a score of 97-75. Notable to say that they did not cover the spread. The spread was They 20. did. They did? They covered that spread. I thought the spread was 24.5. Now, what was the spread? I thought it was 21. Oh, you probably. I think it, I, it opened at twenty four half and dropped to twenty one. All right. Well, if you haven't figured it out, I took the spread at twenty four and a half, so <laughs> I'm the big loser so far. <laughs> yeah, and they lost. Who did they lose to at the beginning of the week? Because they didn't cover that spread either. Pacific, I think. Uh, yeah, they was, did not cover. Versus I think Pacific. they pushed that was a massive. It was twenty eight. Yeah, was, yeah. It was, it was, I think they pushed that. Too big is all you needed to know. Yeah, too much, too much. and they are. They're still number one best team by far. They have all the you votes. Think so? Yeah, I think they're by far and away the best team. They've got all. They've all but three first place votes. Now I think it's closer than everyone thinks. I think Baylor is possibly not deserving of maybe say. 25, but I think they're deserving of at least 15 first place votes. The the games and the schedules they played and the way they've been playing over the past couple weeks, I think they're deserving of more recognition. Uh, and I agree. Baylor is by far and away the be- second best team, and that who that who is who is second uh, this week. And they beat who they beat this week. Austin? They beat Auburn uh, first of all. That was part of the Auburn SEC by 12. 12. Yeah, yes, 12, not covering the spread. Nope. of 14 and a half, which is notable. The, the spreads for Baylor have been pretty massive. Um, K-State, earlier they played this week, was a 25-point spread, I believe, and they ended up winning 107-59, to 59, setting a record for the highest <laughs> score in the Big 12. Yeah, K-State fucking sucks. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt about it. <laughs> no doubt about it. Uh, it. It shouldn't be surprising from the team who lost to Fort Hayes State this season. There should be no surprise <laughs> there. Uh, never forget the Fort Hayes State loss. Jesus. Oh, I will never. Number three is Villanova. Finally, out of the unbeaten ranks to Villanova, who was good to see get back on the basketball court in the last week, week and a half. They were on COVID for a long time. That's right. Six postponed games. It's finally time to see the number three team again play. Yeah. Uh, who did they play this week, Austin? Uh, they played Seton Hall, first of all, and that was a close game. It was at Seton Hall, and it was 80-72. to 72. Very close game. And that was the – they played them – they played them earlier. Today. Their first game back yeah, off, yeah. Similar, yeah. And that first was a seventy-six to seventy-four game. It's uh, it's been close between these two. Yeah, no. Seton Hall's good. Uh, I think that's kind of what you have to take from that. Yeah. Um, impressive Villanova. I think, you know, you go Gonzaga, Baylor, and then Villanova's definitely on the top of the next tier, and I think, the top three stayed the same, and from well, I guess the top four all stayed the same. That's so, right. we hit Michigan who didn't play this week, they are on definitely the wildest suspension of COVID, or postponement, I should say, of COVID that we've seen yet. The entire Michigan Athletics Department is on uh, COVID postponement right now for two weeks. I believe it started earlier this week, if I recall. They ran into a new strand. Is that what the story was? I believe yeah, that I was think the so. story a new was. Mutation. And you know what? I I'd, I'd be worried about Michigan uh, if I was a fan or anyone looking to take them any on any bets because uh, the entire athletic department shutting down is a big deal. Um, no operations before their big games uh, coming up, which we'll preview later. Yeah, which means they can't. Like you got to think that they're not practicing. Nobody's practicing. They're not. You got to think. When you think everybody's COVID shutdown is different, you got to think theirs is bad. You, they're not being able to do anything. See, I, I want to think that maybe you grant everyone who has COVID, since the facilities are shut down, right, you go ahead and let people who we know have COVID uh, practice, and the people who don't, don't practice, because I'm, I'm, what's the harm? Well, you got to keep it, the facility clean. 
for when everyone comes back. Right, right. That's a wild idea. You do, you do not <laughs> let the people... Like, no, everybody doesn't have COVID quarantine, and the people who have COVID just roam around. Who cares? Like, yeah, that is around, not... Just let them play at, no. like, a, a training practice, a uh, basketball court. That's no. what I'm saying. That's all I'm suggesting. <laughs> I guess I'm thank, just too imaginative. Thank God Austin doesn't run this country. That's all, <laughs> that's all we could be thankful for. So the, the poll gets interesting here at 5, because from 5 to 25, there was movement in every spot. Number 5 here is Houston. Houston's been absolutely dominating. They came off a win. They beat SMU by 22 or something? 32. 32. 22, my mistake, my mistake. 70 to 48, that's a 22-point game, and an 8-win uh, streak for the Houston Cougars. Uh, very exciting. They're a very, very good team. Yeah, and talk about they were just the hit on COVID. Hopefully, for the last time, but they, uh, Samson, Kelvin Sampson, the coach, was very open about COVID and by saying he said every single one of his players had COVID in before the year. So, just one of those schools. It's gonna be an issue all year, and uh, we've been dealing with it this season, and hope it doesn't affect the tournament really. Absolutely, I don't. I don't know if my heart would take it if tournament games start getting canceled. Well, the. Yeah, the thing. Yeah, we'll talk about that. And that's another. That's a topic for a whole another podcast. So Absolutely. We'll bring that up come close to tournament time. On to another Texas team at number six is uh, Texas. They moved. They Houston and Texas flip spots. Houston was six last week. Texas is now six. And I think they the voters are right to do this. I think it was clear um, that Houston is the slightly better team. I would love to watch that game. I don't think it'll ever happen, but I think it would be a very competitive game. Two explosive teams. Uh, Texas this week lost to Oklahoma, eighty to seventy-nine. Yeah, it was a close game, uh, and they did not play over the weekend. Their game against Kentucky was postponed. Um, I mean, Texas. Is, I still think Texas is really good. I do think this is probably right, though. I think Houston is just on fire. They're killing teams right now. I think their margin of victory is almost twenty right now. So it's like, hey, it's the right move. One of the one, a big mover in the poll, not obviously not the biggest, as we'll get to them soon. But Ohio State is now seven, um, jumping up six spots. Uh, they played on Sunday. They had an impressive win over Michigan. Well, how impressive is a win over Michigan State this year? Not as not as much as usual. Um, but the second worst team in the Big Ten. Yeah, I don't think it counts for a whole lot these days. Oh, they're not the second worst team. Michigan in the Big State 10. is two and six in the Big Ten. Yeah, from but second to last. Are you taking Michigan State or Penn State? Neutral site. Yeah, neutral site. <laughs> Penn State. I'm just going to say this. Penn State over the last few games has made games competitive. For example, we're talking about the Ohio State Buckeyes. That game versus Ohio State at Ohio State was 83-79. to Penn State had a chance to pull up what the upset there. Game? So I think I might edge towards Penn State just at this second. With respect to Tom Izzo. Or Tom Izzo. Just because you put respect in there, we'll, we'll move on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Ohio State's been impressive this week, and they were very impressive yesterday. Um, I was number eight. I, I think they only dropped one spot, and I think that's probably appropriate. Losing to Illinois, you shouldn't get punished for losing to Illinois that much, especially when it's at Illinois. And when it was a good game all the way through, Illinois really didn't um, – I, I think they were up by six or eight early, but then Iowa closed the gap, and the gap was closed for the majority of the game. And then Illinois kind of just pulled away to get to five late. Yeah, that was a fun game to watch. 80-75 to is the final score there. Uh, it was – Either team's game to win right there. It was a big one for both of them. Uh, now uh, Illinois um, is the I think is the best contender to beat Michigan for the Big Ten Conference. Yeah, uh, you don't think Iowa really? You don't think Iowa is? Do you uh, have the Big Ten standings in front of you? Is that uh, what you're yeah, at? I'm looking. At what the is Big Iowa's Big Ten record? Iowa's Big Ten record is only six and three. Ooh. Illinois is not much better though. It's seven and three. And Michigan's is what like seven eight and one, one, eight and one. one. See, it's hard to evaluate standings uh, due to COVID because a lot of cancellations. I mean, how many losses do you think the Big Ten champ has regular season? I think they have four. Well, I, I think the the answer is Michigan wins the Big Ten, and then Michigan has – I see them having three losses max. I definitely see them losing one more. I'm not sure if they win another one or lose another one. Michigan is a very nasty so team, think, as we've been talking about, think, and have a lot of potential. Yeah, you think they've got – 
part they probably have another loss, so two, but no more than three. No, yeah, I okay. definitely can't see them being. The I just I the see the them maybe this shutdown maybe hurting them, but we'll see. We'll I we're really gonna see how well uh, how good of a coach Dewan Howard is coming out, bringing this back to Michigan somehow. But I think <laughs> I, I I would drop it one spot is good because um, Illinois is very good. Well, Iowa State, that is two straight losses for Iowa. Or not Iowa State, Iowa, excuse me. Two straight losses for them. Getting a little worried about this program. Oh, who did they lose to in the middle of the week? Uh, early run. last week, at the end of last week, they lost to Indiana. Oh, they, oh yeah, they did. Yeah, that's, we're going to talk about that. Uh, they play Iowa. Oh, yeah, Iowa lost to Indiana. God, I forgot about that. I thought it was Illinois because Illinois plays. I thought it was a revenge game coming up this week that we're going to talk about later. But Illinois plays uh, right. Indiana, not Iowa. Right. That was a crazy game, though, because Iowa was up eight in the first half and, like, owning the first half. And then yeah, Indiana yeah, Indiana just came out in the second half and slaughtered them. Yeah, they and they won by – did they win by double digits? They, they won by 13. It was yeah, a 13-point game. crazy, crazy. But – on to number nine, and that's Oklahoma. Oklahoma had the most impressive week of anybody moving up 15 spots. They beat Texas, as we already noted earlier. They beat Kansas last weekend. And they beat this weekend, they beat Alabama. Boomer Sooner, baby. I mean, it's just really looking really good for this team that was struggling earlier this season with um, losses to add Xavier by 22 points to start the season. And then now they're just looking really good. They have three straight wins against a top 10 team. And they're looking uh, to continue the streak, continue yeah. to roll on. As uh, we'll, we'll hit that in the preview later in the pod. Uh, they play tonight. A uh, big game tonight. So I was definitely surprised by this uh, this game uh, versus Alabama. Alabama. I was definitely they were expecting out two to starters. To, yeah, I was expecting Alabama to make it look real good. When I found out that Austin Reeves wasn't playing, I really expected it to be an, an Alabama-sided game. Really wasn't, which speaks to the depth and the talent of the Oklahoma roster. Yeah, and Lon Kruger. Lon is a fantastic coach. Yeah. And uh, Harmon, man. Harmon can absolutely hoop. I've been very impressed with him. Uh, so impressed. But um, on next, next is Alabama, who moves down one spot to 10. I definitely think they should only move down one spot as – they they had to move down one spot because Oklahoma's above them, basically. Yeah, tough loss for Alabama, coming off a 10-win streak broken by Oklahoma, uh, and I think they're still looking good uh, to get a lot more wins in. I really, the rest of the season, I only see maybe one loss on this schedule. I think, uh, don't want to jinx it or speak too soon. I please think. do. As a Tennessee fan, please jinx it. Fuck Alabama. <laughs> I think Alabama has the SEC just about wrapped up, undefeated in the conference, looking very good. Very surprising team this year. Yeah, they've been very impressive. Nate Oates has showed that his five out is just translated perfectly. The way they, the way they set picks for to get three-point shooters open when you don't even think that's happening is amazing to me. You saw it several different times in the Oklahoma game where you, they just set like a baseline pick and the guy in the court, somebody's driving, but that guy's never thinking about shooting. They're only ever thinking about throwing it to that corner and they know he's going to be open because that play is just so good. So I was really impressed with Alabama. Even in the loss, I thought they played pretty well. Um, next. We're going to Rocky Top. Yeah, my volunteers, baby. Go Vols. Number 11, moving up seven spots. Absolutely destroying Kansas. Kansas didn't stand a chance. Put them in a chokehold. Um, yeah. Just making Austin suffer as Austin is a Kansas fan. Just embarrassed. Second embarrassing loss this year for the Jayhawks. Yeah, we'll First talk about Kansas when we get them. Kansas sucks. But this um, was a big game for Tennessee. I mean, three a straight right game. bad a games. A get-right game. Beating Mississippi State by three, then losing to Missouri by double digits or by single digits by nine, and then Florida by double digits. They really need to have had an explosive win here, and they got it. They really got it. Uh, shout out to Rick Barnes for really turning this team around. I, I mean, you said it great. I don't even need to say much. I, they just need to keep it up. They showed, they showed that Jaden Springer, a five-star freshman, is very important. We are 0-3 when he's not healthy. Uh Two of those games he didn't play. One game he was clearly hampered. So he's very important to our team. We just started the two five-star freshmen in our lineup this week. I think that'll continue. So uh, almost had a double-double from James off the bench, too. So it's like I'm, I'm excited to see if we can regain what we were at the beginning of the year. 
Yeah, on. It, was, it was good to see Fulkerson have a pretty good game. Oh, uh, he's, <laughs> I know you don't want to hear it, but obviously he, he, had been, a he, good hasn't, game. he hasn't been uh, what Tennessee expected him to be. No, but uh, maybe this is a turning point. Maybe they've turned the corner, and Fulkerson is really just going to be on his game from now on. Yeah, we need him to play well because he's coming back next year because as a COVID, like, 14th-year senior, and I have been sick of him the last couple games. He played really well against Kansas, and God for second, please – let him continue to play well because I'm going to have to deal with him for another year. <laughs> On to Illinois at 12, uh, moving up seven spots as well. Uh, we've talked about their win against Iowa a little bit. Um, Ayu DeSumo and Kofi Coburn are just... When you have that guard and big combo, it's so hard to beat. And when they're locked in, they showed us this in the Northwestern game multiple weeks ago where they get crushed. They're, I think they're down 16 or 17 at half. And then they come out in Northwestern scores like 10 points in the second half, and Iowa, or Illinois ends up beating them by almost 20, if not more than 20. Yeah, that was a 16-point game. Uh, it's really just Illinois is a team that makes adjustments in the locker room. Uh, they're a from-behind team. They find a way to get it done. Um, I was Before this game, I was just about ready to write Illinois off. They had some bad losses. Um, Maryland... Uh, Rutgers, uh, it just wasn't looking fantastic, uh, but that was a phenomenal win versus Iowa, and it's really, I think, it reinstoring some faith and some confidence in this team as they come up to play some more uh, big, uh, big Ten games. That feels like the kind of team they are, too. Like, right when you're ready, like, okay, if they lose one more, like, okay, like, I have to change my whole thoughts on them. But then they come out in that game, and they just kind of show you what you thought what you thought they were and then you're like oh now I'm back in you know I, it feels like they're that team and which sucks but it feels like that's that's who they are and they're good they're fine for contenders absolutely number 13 uh one of the most impressive showings on Saturday in my opinion Texas Tech down three spots because they lost earlier this week to who? To West Virginia. That was a tough game at West Virginia. Only yeah. losing by one point, eighty-eight to eighty-seven. Yeah, it's hard. It, anytime you go to West Virginia, it's a tough game. So, but this game was crazy. They went on a twelve-zero run in the last minute and change to not only win the game but cover for all us Texas Tech backers. So yes, all of yes, us appreciated yes. that. The Red Raiders showed us some green this week, and I really appreciate that for them. Uh, I was, yeah, I was just about ready to write off Texas Tech. LSU was looking real good, surprisingly. Uh, but now the Red Raiders are looking good to, uh, to play some big games in the Big 12 after this. Yeah. Yeah. Right, they've got a big game tonight, as we'll talk about later. 14's Virginia. Virginia down six spots. Deservedly so. They played so well in the first half against Virginia Tech over the weekend, and then the Hokies just came back and killed them in the second half. Ended up winning by 12, I believe. Yeah, big shocker for all of us. The uh, the Hokies only won by four. It was sixty five to or, excuse me, I read that wrong. Sixty five to fifty one. It was a fourteen That's point a 14. win. Yeah, simply amazing. Uh, the Hokies' ability just to again make adjustments and then come out strong in the in the second half uh, to come up with to come against that win versus a very defensive oriented team. When you've got teams like Virginia who play who are known for their defense, uh, it's hard to just get the offense going. But they found a way to get it done. Yeah, I call Virginia the uh, pound your head in the wall team. You never want to watch the game <laughs> because it's not going to be any fun because they're just going to lock the other defense and they're not going to score because they don't score. When they score, they win the national title, a.k.a. <laughs> two years ago. I mean, they are the reigning national champs. So um, it's just pound your head in the wall basketball, basically. But it's, some teams got to do it like that, and Tony Bennett's the best at it. I mean, he's a fantastic coach. This was a huge win for Virginia Tech, by the way. The, uh, the conference standing in the ACC is now Virginia at 7-1, and one, Virginia Tech at 7-2. and two. Still, First and second? Yeah, so the, the second What's team, Florida State at? Florida State's at 6-2. and two. Okay. So between those three, you have a very close race, uh, thanks to Virginia Tech giving uh, Virginia their first ACC loss. Now we have a, a big hunt for that title. Yeah, uh, the, the ACC is one of the more competitive conferences this year because there's just no like runaway favorite like Duke in North yeah. Carolina. They're just not good this year, and Virginia's not amazing. They're good, but they're not amazing. And Bob Tech and Florida State are showing that they can hang around. You know, 
Uh, we'll get to Florida State in a little bit, so I'll, I'll save that comment, actually. Um, it's very interesting. With I think it's fair to say that New, uh, Duke and North Carolina, neither of those programs are going to win for the second straight year in a row. Uh, it's just fascinating to see those two teams uh, advocate the throne like that. And it's very interesting. It's very interesting. You want to let a team like Virginia Tech, who hasn't won the ACC in a very long time, couldn't tell you when the last time they did it, the fact that they have a chance to win it, I guarantee you, is exciting the team and giving them a lot of confidence. Yeah, under a new coach, too. It's, uh, it's exciting there in uh, Blacksburg. So we'll talk about Well, we just hit on them a lot. They're number 16. Uh, they moved up four spots with their win. Um, just skipped over 15 real quick because we talked about them a lot. But we're going to move back to 15. Creighton is at 15, who moved up two spots this week. Creighton's just been grinding it out. They're they a difficult do, team to evaluate. They play close games. Yeah, they really do. I, it's, I don't, I know, I, I'm not sure what that says about them because DePaul, obviously, who they won this week, uh, is, bad. is yes, that's very fair <laughs> to say. Three and seven overall, and it was at DePaul to be fair in Chicago. However, it was a seven-point game. It was a seven-point win, grindy till the very end. Uh, DePaul still had a chance to win it within the last two, three minutes, which obviously shouldn't happen. But then you look at uh, Creighton's previous wins at Seton Hall, which is a very good win, and then versus Connecticut, uh, UConn, who's who, a good win. Yeah. UConn's pretty feisty. I know it was it was without James Booknight, but UConn still played very well. Um, Creighton is good. I, I think they're learning how to play again with Zagorowski, their best player. He just came back. I think he's been back for three, four games now after an injury. So we'll see how they go. Um, I, You know, I'm rooting for them. I used to play with one of the players, uh, Christian Bishop. So, you know, they got – I hope they do well, and I hope they do well in the tournament. We'll see, though. They, I, they just play too – it doesn't seem like they didn't pull away anymore. They showed us that early and in the season, and lately they've it's just been tight. And they pull away a little bit at the end of the game. Like you said, DePaul was in that game – it was closer than eight points for a lot of the game. So they just need to – the Charlie Moore DePaul is – you need to beat them by more than eight points. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Vartek, 16, we hit on them uh, a good amount, honestly. 13-3, second in the ACC, moved up four spots. Impressive. They've been very impressive with Mike Young. Um, excited to see more, really. Uh, we hit on them a lot, so I think we're going to quickly move on to West Virginia at 17. Down six spots. Uh, as you said, they beat Tech earlier in the week, which is a good win. It's a great win. And then they stumbled over the weekend against... Uh, University of Florida, if you uh, want to say it, I will. Um, the fuckers. This, this team, this West Virginia team, uh, honestly, I think it's... Puzzling. One of the more unaffected teams by COVID in terms of like how they normally play. Um, this Bob Huggins team seems like a Bob Huggins team that's good, very good, but just can't get it done when it comes to like securing the conference title, uh, getting good wins, but then not consistently getting good wins um, with losses previously in the season against uh, good teams and wins against the te- uh, good teams as well. Uh, this, yeah, I think you got that right on the money, honestly. Yeah, this, this, good, uh... this loss versus Florida. Um, Florida, um, I'll, I'll give... Respect to where respect's due because I know my, I know Sam won't. Florida is a good team. Uh, oh. We're going to talk about them when it comes to the rankings to Sam's dismay. But West Virginia is uh, a good team. Curious to see how they do down the stretch against um, the Big 12 opponents. They still have yet to play Baylor. They have to play Baylor twice this year. Yeah, and that's going to be an interesting game. Yeah, oh, they've got them still twice. Yeah. yeah. I know that's one of Baylor's road games. Um, but, uh, I. The thing is, with West Virginia, it's weird watching them play. You know, you watch a Bob Huggins team, and you're like, oh, so they're going to be like press, man, up in your face, creating turnovers. But that's just not what this team does. This team doesn't create turnovers. That's not how they play. So that's been the weird thing. You know, I've kind of adjusted to it by now at this point in the season, but it was very weird early in the season. And I, they're clearly, they're still good. I mean, they lost their best player, uh, Ostrashibwe. Um, Miles McBride is a good player, though. I think a lot of yeah. the success hinges on them, uh, whether he yeah. can hit his shots or not, um, and just get the ball down in the paint to his uh, to the center. Yeah, I mean, they always got big, man. I, I'm blanked on the names, but they're good. They're a good team, and I think that they'll be, you know, not middle of the pack of the Big 12, but, like, what, third or fourth, probably? Fourth, maybe? 
It's hard to say. Actually, I don't know what they're like. The fifth team right now we've talked about from the Big Twelve. Yeah, I mean, Big Twelve is just kind of stacked. It's a strong uh, the rankings right now. Three teams in the Big Ten and uh, or in the Big Twelve in the top ten. Uh, West Virginia is four and three in the conference right now. Um, putting them at number four, um, behind ahead of Kansas, who is five and four. Oh, like I said, <laughs> it's 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 hard to evaluate standings with COVID right now, with a lot of cancellations and a lot of. Uh, some teams having more games to play than others still yet let to go, so it's hard to evaluate standings and where teams truly are. Yeah, I agree. On the 18, an old Big 12 stool uh, that I'm sure is very happy is not in the Big 12 anymore. Missouri uh, dropped six spots. I think they just, I think they, you know, got moved up a little bit too high after beating us. They shouldn't. Have, I mean, they're not the 12th best team in the country. I think. They're definitely closer to 20 to 25. It's a Conzo Martin-led team. They're tough. They're going to be tough. That's what they are. That's their identity. But, I mean, they almost lost to TCU. So, I can't. I don't trust this team at all. I don't think they have very good shooters at all. they got one guy, um, blank out his name, skinny dude, quick as hell, man. He's so fast. But he can shoot. Yeah, Xavier Pinson, yep. And um, Tillman inside. Uh, they're obviously going to have a good bin, man. It's Conzo Martin. I just don't trust them at all. I think they're overrated right now. Yeah, Tillman, obviously a very talented player, averaging eight rebounds a game. Um, it's it's hard to evaluate Missouri. Uh, they have yet to play Alabama. So when they do that, I think it'll oh. be a true test to where they stand. They, are not, they, they are not a good match for Alabama. Alabama will spread them out. I'll tell you this right now. Alabama will spread them out. Tillman won't be able to be on the floor very much because they, they you just can't play him. He can't guard the perimeter. So you take their best player off, that's going to be a tough game for Missouri. Yeah, hard drop for them in the rankings. Uh, obviously, early this week, they lost and they won in overtime versus TCU 102-98. And then for that, losing to Auburn at Auburn by a six-point margin. Um, Which isn't a bad loss. Auburn has been fantastic when, with uh, Sharif Cooper. Yeah, they just feel like a completely different team now that they've gotten their star player back. Obviously, they started poorly in the ACC, but they're starting to come back. They obviously aren't in contention, being only at four and five in the conference. Well, they're not. They have postseason ban too because they thought they were going to be bad. Auburn. So. Well, I feel like it's a good season to have a postseason ban because we're not even entirely sure whether we're going to have a postseason or not. Oh, we're having a postseason. We we're not getting into that. That's also another podcast, which I guess we're gonna have to have. Uh, but they need a postseason. Last year set them back so hard. The NCA needs that money. Just talking about it real quickly, I'm not entirely sure how the logistics of that worked. Obviously, the NBA had a bubble. However, this is a lot more players, a lot more teams, and then you don't have professionals in a bubble, right? You have college students in a bubble, which seems much more like a logistical nightmare to me. Absolutely. I mean, no doubt. But they're doing it all in uh, Indy. And around Indy, so they're doing a de facto bubble. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. Are they going to allow fans to that in like the the NASCAR stands? Are they going to allow fans? I do not believe I so. I would too. <laughs> I would too, but I do not believe there will be fans. Set, a, set up a trailer. In the I hope of the families are able to go. Yeah, I always should. want families able to go. So, but other than that, I don't know about fans. Nineteen, Wisconsin, down five spots. They're a Jekyll and Hyde team. You just don't know. They lost to Penn State, right? They did weekend? lose to Penn State by 10. It was at Happy Valley, but still, Wisconsin just seems like a very inconsistent team to me. Yeah, has a lot of potential, but just can't get it consistently done. For us white boys out there, we need them to be better. I mean, they got shooters on shooters, and them and Iowa are just playing all these white guys, and <laughs> those are our schools. So we need them to be better. They They've kind of underperformed. I thought they were going to be better than uh, they've been so far. But I don't have much else to say about that other than... Uh, I think a real lack of a star player here. Uh, Dimitri Trice uh, really needs to step up. Other than that, the, the good thing about this situation yeah, though, is and they Reavers have too. Reavers a lot, a, a diversified and uh, very jack-of-all-trades bench. You have someone who's good at everything. You've got someone who's good at skills. you got someone who's good at blocks. you got someone who's good at offense and defense. Uh, it's very interesting, but I think it, that every team needs a big star player who you can count on to make that final shot. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more with that. Um, on to a team that absolutely doesn't have that, though, is Florida State. Florida State is number 20. 
And just speaking of a star player, they don't have it, but they've got 10 guys that play consistent minutes, and all of them can play NCAA basketball. All of them are good. There's a couple pros on that team. I'm just, I think, Larry Hamilton always impresses me, the way he, you know, like he like hockey shift subs. It's crazy. <laughs> but they did it done. They have their system. Uh, they got fucked last year. Last year was their year. They had two top ten picks. That last year was their year. But we'll see. I thought they were going to contend for the ACC more this year. I know they're, what, in fourth, third? They're in third. They're in, they're third. in third. So they're there. But um, They're only a game behind Virginia. So it's it's plausible. This is a very shocking loss to me. Uh, coming off a five-win streak and then snapping it to Georgia Tech. Very surprising there. Um, kind of puts this program in question for me. Uh, looking at their head schedule, it doesn't look too bad. I think Florida State could still come on a run and end up winning the ACC, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see. That was my preseason pick, so I hope they do. Pick. Um, but, yeah, Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech's been good. They've been good. Uh, they've kind of been shocking people of late. They should have. They played Duke well. I mean, that's not saying much this year, but... Yeah, horrible start to the season. Uh, their first two games, uh, losing to Georgia State and then Mercer. And then now yeah. they're kind of surprising people in the ACC. Uh, they kind of lowered expectations package. with those two games. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, Josh Pasher's got them cooking. That guy's a good coach, and he wears a, he wears that fucking, uh, what are those screens called? The face wear? mask, yeah, the face shield. He, yeah, he wears a face yeah. shield. It's just funny to look at. Um 21 is UCLA. Down hey, two spots. Conference of Champions. Finally get to talk to him. Oh, yeah. Bill Walton's alma mater. Um, <laughs> they've been good. I mean, I guess they lost to Stanford this week. Was that this week or was that on Saturday? Yeah, that was this week. That was this week. And that was an overtime on a .8 second play. That was brutal. Uh, we were actually watching that game. Oh, yeah. That was tough loss for the Bruins. Um, still looking very good to win the conference. Absolutely. They're the best team in the, uh, in the Pac-12. Yeah, a little surprising, a little bit, not too surprising that the UCLA Bruins are the only ranked team in the Pac-12. I'm not surprised, I'll say it. USC, Oregon, Arizona, usually those teams um, have a consistent spot uh, in the rankings, maybe less for USC, but Oregon and Arizona, it's kind of disappointing that neither of these teams are really uh, making a contention as a deep tournament team, Um, so I guess it's just UCLA salute at this point. Yeah, um... Oregon's Chris Duarte at Oregon, I believe, is who got hurt, and that has affected them big time. Uh, you just see it. Hopefully he can get back and they can start playing a little bit better, but I definitely think UCLA is the best. They only have one loss in the conference. It was to Stanford, so yeah, I think one. they're the best team in the conference by far. USC did almost get in the top 25. They are the second team out, so they're 27. Number 27, yeah, all right. So they're close. But um, uh, on the Florida, we spoke about them a little bit earlier. Uh, they've been playing better since. I think they've been playing great. Uh, it's a four-game winning streak for them. Uh, sorry, Sam, great win against Tennessee. Oh. Blowout win. Um, then kind of didn't do so well against Georgia and Vanderbilt. Still got both those games done. And then they really surprised me by winning uh, against West Virginia. So you know what? Uh, they're starting a little bit slow, but they're coming around. Um, maybe they end up doing something in the tournament. Yeah, they were injury-ridden. Um, Castleton has been amazing. Trey Mann. Uh, really Trey Mann has been him. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. God, I wish he came to Tennessee. He almost did, but clearly we didn't pay him enough. Uh, yeah, you didn't give him that uh, McDonald's bag, did you? Well, that's it our football program. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> I wish our basketball program would give out the McDonald's bags, but uh, they don't. They're clean. Um, oh, but yeah. other than that, they've been. Keontae Johnson went down. I'm I'm sure you guys heard early in the season. Keontae Johnson went down on the court in a game against Florida State, and uh, they struggled a couple games after that. I think they found their way since since you know playing as a team without him, learning how to play without him, because that was their best player. Yeah, definitely had to make some adjustments struggling early yeah. with losses against Kentucky and Mississippi State. Um, but then they really found their way. A lot, again, they're on a four-game winning streak. I see that win streak continue to, to grow. Uh, yeah, it's so professional of Austin to have his rainer go off in the pod. Good job, Austin. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm Good just, job. Just Number 23, Austin's Jayhawks. 
Yeah. Down eight spots after an absolute battering by the beautiful orange and white Tennessee Volunteers. Um, yeah, I, I don't they're railing. They're yeah. reeling right now. I don't have a lot to say about the Kansas Jayhawks this year. Earlier this season, I was told by multiple people that this KU Jayhawks team would not be a typical Bill Self team dominating Me. like they usually do. Yes, Sam. Um, but then, I mean, uh, but then I was kind of proven right at the beginning of the season. And I was kind of proven wrong, with, and I admitted yes, it. with a uh, eight-win streak, uh, including wins to Kentucky, who we didn't know was bad at the time, Creighton, Texas Tech, and West Virginia, and really didn't start seeing problems until that humongous loss to Texas. And Absolute that's blowout. Really yeah. Fall apart. Uh, that win against Oklahoma earlier in the season starting to look better, but then they started. But then they went on a three-game uh, Big Twelve losing streak, which is the biggest in Bill Self's career since 2013. Uh, and that TCU game they won to end that streak wasn't pretty either. Yeah, that was. It was 19 to 18 at half. Yeah, I remember looking <laughs> at that spread. I think it was a 10-point spread, and I was just like, it I was. don't see the Jayhawks 14, covering, 14. Which they didn't, which they didn't cover. And then, obviously, this tremendous loss to Tennessee. I don't know what to say about it. I Battering. don't remember a Bill Self team that was this bad that gave up blowout wins twice in a season and were only a little bit over halfway. Okay, you still have a long way to go. Um, their schedule look going forward doesn't look too bad, though. Um, two games against Iowa State, two games against Kansas State. Uh, That's think, four wins. Yeah. Should be. If you yeah. lose to one of those teams, you're real bad. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, that is a favorable schedule. I'm not surprised by KU's ranking right now. Um, I think 23 is a good spot for them. It's hard to argue that they're better than that. I think a better team would probably have – um, one win in the four losses they had to Oklahoma State, Baylor, Oklahoma, and Tennessee. But um, we yeah. are three spots away from seeing Kansas, Duke, North Carolina, and Kentucky, and Michigan State, and Michigan State all out of the top twenty-five. So I know Kansas plays K State this week on uh, Tuesday or something. They should win that. Uh, <laughs> They really should win that. So yeah, all these struggling. They probably won't fall out. I think it speaks to COVID's effect on the game right now. Um, just the I'm not given. I'm not given. I'm no. Not, I'm not well, about. You're not going to cut any of these teams or any of these great coaches. They're blue chip program. No, do better. They're your great coaches. Do better. Do better. That's all I gotta say. Just do better. Kansas is not that. Kansas is definitely these violations that are hanging over their head have caught up to them in the fact that. They just don't have the talent that they would if they didn't have any of these violations. Yeah, really uh, relying on JUCO transfers and is um, not Kansas. Yeah, and they that dude he doesn't start, but he plays a lot of minutes. And Jalen Wilson is a redshirt, and he's been their best player. Ochai Abaji is just not the number one scorer. He's not, and Marcus Garrett isn't either. They've got a bunch of guys who are two and three scorers. They just don't have a number one, and they don't fit. They don't fit, and they need a better big. You know, when you go from Joel, Joel Embiid to Yudoka Azubuke, you're living life. You know, like, those guys are amazing big guys. And in Bill Self's offense, you needed a dominant big. Uh, David McCormick is good, but he's not NBA-level good, and he's not Joel Embiid or Yudoka Azubuke. So That's right. We move on to 24, Purdue. I think this is rankings. our biggest surprise of the rankings to see Purdue. I don't think we ever – I agree. I, don't, I, don't, I never expect to see Purdue in the rankings throughout the entire season. Uh, five for six in their last six games, only losing to Michigan. Um, they're looking very impressive. Um, just they're good. Matt Painter, Matt Painter always has his teams humming. Uh, they're just good team. They've always got a seven-footer, and they've always got a seven-footer coming off the bench. <laughs> Purdue. Where did they get all these tall guys? Man? I have no idea, but they always have them. It's crazy. It's just the people he recruits, but it's so annoying. I I, Tessie hardly plays them, but when they do, it's, I hate it. But they're good. I mean, they're good. Um, they've got a couple of good games coming up this week. And, I mean, it's the Big Ten, so you always have good games, really. Yeah, just absolutely stacked conference. So much depth, so much potential in all these teams. Uh, it's just fun to watch for the most part. Now let's get to Drake. Drake. Drake 25, entering the Drake. rankings. About time Drake entered the rankings. I'm so happy for him getting in there. 16-0, 15-1 against the spread. They had to go and not 
cover last night against Illinois State. Well, I think most people could tell you that wasn't going to happen. But the it's such a bummer, was, though. It's yeah. such a great story. 19 and 19 and a half. 18 and a half. That's yeah, it's a lot of points. That's ridiculous. And they ended up Illinois needing State overtime. But come on. Come on, Paul. Come on, Vegas. You knew that wasn't going to happen. You were just upset that Drake kept defying the odds. But whatever. <laughs> Talking about Drake, this is a good Drake team. They remind me of Wichita State when they were still in the Missouri Valley Conference, wow. obviously, that year where they went undefeated. I think Drake has a strong chance of doing that. Um, if Here's a question. If Drake finishes the season undefeated, they're 16-0 now, they have... 12 more games to go in the regular season. So if Drake finishes 28-0, where do you rank them? And what seed like what do you seed? give them? Yeah, where do you rank them in well, the polls, and what seed do you give them in the tournament? One, do you have their schedule pulled up? Yes. Do they play Loyola Chicago? They play Loyola Chicago twice. Okay. So I'll go out there and say that I don't think they will be undefeated. I will be rooting for them every game. But Loyola Chicago is a real team. Now you say that. Now, if I were to tell you that both games versus Loyola Chicago are at Drake, how? This would be my <laughs> would be my answer. That's Missouri, that's just what the Missouri Valley Conference is doing this year. Oh, it's back to back. Yeah, it's a back, back to back. back. Some other conferences are doing one one home, one away, back to back, but that's not what the Missouri Valley. No, because they're is doing. doing it back to back days. Does that change your answer? No, I think they drop one of those games. But if they do go undefeated and they're twenty eight zero. They're a three seed. They're a three seed. I think they're a three seed. A, a team that wins all their games. All right, what about... Okay, but... Is there going to be a conference championship this let's year? Conference list, championship tournament? Uh, that's also another podcast discussion, because who knows, really? We're not sure yet. Um, that is something we're going to have another podcast on, because we're going to want to... Once we get more details on the NCAA tournament and the conference tournaments and how all that's going to run in specific dates... That's when we're going to release a podcast on that so we can discuss that. So you, you said that they Listen, should be a three seed. But here's Baylor, my... Gonzaga, Michigan, Villanova. I mean, those are four teams that are almost most... Uh, okay, yeah, those, are, those are you just named four one seeds. Yeah, Maybe. as of right now, and then, Houston's going to be up there because they're going to have a strong record. Texas is also probably going to be up there. Texas will probably be up there. That's You're at six, so you only have two more spots in the two seed now. I think... I don't think you can. I don't think it's right or correct to give any team that manages to go undefeated anything less than the two seed. And here's why: you can obviously say that Drake doesn't play a great schedule. I think I there are They're no the Missouri Valley wins. Conference. There are so, no yes. ranked wins. Okay. No, yeah, but, they have two They had two quadrant one wins against Missouri State, but their second win over Missouri State took Missouri State out of quadrant one. <laughs> <laughs> So now they have none. <laughs> but here's my thing. Here's my thing. They obviously don't play a great schedule. However, I think most people underestimate how difficult it is to play that consistently and to coach a team that plays that consistently. Even we've seen Gonzaga teams that were amazing, right? That were amazing and that were looking to finish the season undefeated. I think this was two years ago, but then lost their last game yeah. to BYU. Yeah. Slip-ups happen, and they're almost impossible to avoid. So if Drake finds a way to do it, I think you give them the two seed. I, I mean, it's hard. It's hard for me to say that because I think the Big Ten's having two, one, or two seats in my head. Of the top eight, Big Ten will have minimum two. And then when you fill the other spots with Gonzaga, Villanova, and um, Baylor, that's five. Right. And then Houston's going to have a strong record. That's six. So then you hit six, and you're leaving out. To, that's not even including Texas or in it's Oklahoma. Not Texas. That did that. Those five right there that I mentioned okay. didn't have Texas, Oklahoma, Alabama. I don't think the way Tennessee's been playing. I don't really see a two seed in their future. But I do. You think the winner of the ACC ends up having a two seed, or do you think that they? I think there is a path to get a two seed, but I think it's. It's hard, and we'll see. I'm definitely rooting for Drake to go undefeated. I think Gonzaga will go undefeated. And the one other one before we move on to um, just talking about the Big 12 SEC Challenge a little bit before we move on to previews is do you think Baylor 
has a real chance of going undefeated. Oh, a real chance, of course. Now, the real question is, will they actually go undefeated? And so I'm looking at their schedule. First of all, the it's much easier to answer this question after tomorrow because tomorrow they play at Texas, which is a humongous game. So if Baylor finds a way to put away the Longhorns, then I think this question gets a whole lot easier. I think then it's more reasonable to say yes because then looking at the rest of the schedule, the only difficulty I see for them is at Oklahoma and at West Virginia. Then you're done. You're done. You don't have any more real concerns or threats on your, on your radar. If they find a way to win Texas, I think then they go undefeated. Um, I, think it's, I think when you're asking that question, it all comes down to that game. I, I think the, I, the Oklahoma game, I kind of have them pegged as that being the game that they could lose, especially with the way Oklahoma's been playing. But if this, this leads me to another question. If Gonzaga and Baylor both go undefeated, who gets the number one overall seed? I give it to Baylor. I think Gonzaga's probably the better team. But if you go undefeated in the Big in 12, the Big 12 conference, in the Big 12, yes. Big 12, who now I simply cannot say is better than the SEC, but uh, is a very strong and should, on paper is better than the SEC, but not on the court. Um, yeah, we'll get to that. So it's difficult. I mean, Gonzaga but, had an amazing before-conference schedule, right? And they were supposed to play Baylor. However, they yeah. played a lot of Two different teams, times. And I think... Um, they were supposed to play Tennessee as well. Yeah, that also would have been a good game. Um, it's, it's hard to evaluate, and I think the people who seed, who end up seeding, will have their work cut out for them if that ends up happening because there will be a monster debate. I think in general there are going to be a lot of upset people just due to the fact that COVID has ruined a lot of games, um, saying that, oh, this team is seeded too high and this team should have made it in. I think there are going to be a lot of those this year, more than usual. Well, more than usual, there's usually a fuck ton of them anyway, so we'll see. Um, so that was the top 25. Um, Any notable receiving votes you want to talk about? Uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. State's 26th. We hit on USC a little bit. They're 27th. Oklahoma State's been impressive. They beat Alabama, or not Alabama, they beat Arkansas over the weekend. And, uh, I mean, they've got probably one of the most exciting players in the country, Cade Cunningham, uh, probably going to be the number one overall pick. The Does thing- he receive the wooden reward, though? Mm, no, I think one of three, Drew Timmy, Caleb Kisper, or uh, is it Caleb or Cody? It's Cody. Uh, yeah, it's, Cody Kisper or Jalen Suggs from Gonzaga probably wins the award. Yeah, it's it's interesting to to see how uh, the NCAA uh, college basketball and NBA talent uh, are evaluated differently. Obviously, he's going to be the number one overall pick, probably, probably. Um, but... He is not the favorite to win the Wooden Award, which is which is interesting and probably. But he's up there. Yeah, he's, he's probably top there. five. Yeah, but he's, I'm saying he's not the absolute favorite. No. If you if you are going, yeah, but it's about overall, potential. It's not just a, that's the difference for the NBA. They're looking at potential and. That's fair. In college, it's just like you know who had the best year. I mean, Luka Garza. I left him out of there, but Luka Garza is probably the best college basketball player, so he might win the award, but. Another one I wanted to hit on is that Loyola Shadow team that we kind of hit on when we spoke about Drake. They're at 28, receiving 52 votes, just under USC. Um, they're strong. Missouri Valley is legit two-tournament te- two team this year, uh, two-tournament lead this year. Uh, Maybe three if, if there's a conference championship tournament and someone manages to sneak in, which is yeah, would be insane. Yeah, that would be – yeah, I'd be shocked. Um, it will also ruin Drake going undefeated. So uh, yeah, that would be a bummer. <laughs> I do think these guys. I do think uh, Loyola Chicago might need to take a game off Drake to some. If they win one game off Drake, they split that series. I think they submit their uh, at large bid. Other than that, it might get a little dicey, but I definitely think they're worth an at large bid. They're really good. So uh, yeah, Loyola Chicago's future in the tournament is questionable. They only have eight games left in the season for sure. Actually, none of them are for sure, thanks to COVID. Yeah. But they could reschedule uh, games versus Bradley. Um, they already did, actually. But So the, they have three losses. Uh, one of them is to, at Wisconsin, which shouldn't um, obviously shouldn't hold them back at all. But then you have a loss versus Richmond and at Indiana State. Yeah, they've got – I mean, Richmond's good. 
Richmond is good. They're a tournament team, I, I believe so, at least. Um, and, uh, yeah, Indiana State's not a good loss. That's the one no. that's not a good loss. No. That, that could hold them back. That's why I think they need to steal one against Drake. It's always embarrassing when you lose to a tree. <laughs> okay, on to just a couple games I wanted to hit on unranked games. Um, just quickly, Clemson, Duke this weekend. Duke killed them. Duke won by 26, 79-53. Is Duke back? Not fully, but I think they're getting there. I think they're playing better, and um, I think they definitely make the tournament. So Really? Yeah. So, good win. Um, great. Clemson's reeling, so great, it's great, I need to great, see. Great margin of, of victory. And that poster, um, I'm sure a lot of you saw that on social media. Yeah, that poster, Jalen Johnson, absolutely. <laughs> Jesus. I'm not impressed. Um, Clemson somehow went from being the number 12 team in the country to being bad, which I'm not sure how you do, but they found a way to do it. And yeah, they can't put the ball in the hoop at all. For me to say that Duke is back after being gone for a season or for partially the season – uh, I would need to see a more convincing win against a higher-tier program, maybe against Virginia, Virginia Tech, um, or Florida State. You know what? Duke, North Carolina is coming up. If they beat North Carolina, who is decent, is decent, yeah, okay. not bad, decent, yes, okay. then I might be a little bit more convinced, but they need to show off some consistency more. A lot of their games got canceled. They haven't played a lot. We haven't gotten the opportunity to truly evaluate them. Yeah, and Coach K is just an old uh mean man right now so he needs to become you know better himself Rutgers is getting back on track they went on I believe a three or four game losing skid now they've won two in a row against Northwestern this week and Indiana after Indiana beat Iowa so those are two good wins and that team hopefully is getting back on track I think they're good they got a lot of talent and they got a good coach so I think they're good and Wichita State, as uh, we are talking here, one of us is an alumnus, and me is still almost an alumnus. But we um, attended and attend Wichita State. They beat UCF by five in overtime. Uh, good win. Very They've surprising been, comeback. I was, I was pretty sure they were going to lose that game. Managed to come back and win it. Yeah, they've been extremely impressive uh, with Isaac Brown after the whole Dred Marshall thing happened this summer. Isaac Brown has shown that... He seems to be more than capable of taking this job over. Yeah, uh, definitely might win this hire. Uh, the fact that they didn't get a coach before the season kind of signifies that they are open to hiring him. Um, obviously signifies that they're open to hiring him. It was just too late in the cycle, too. Absolutely. It really you was. couldn't get anybody good. Like, if they hired a coach, they fucking hired Billy Kennedy as an assistant. It's like that's who you would hire if you had a coach. Absolutely. So. Uh, I think I think they're doing as well as they can. I think they're like eleven and four. They are nine and four. They are second in the Missouri Valley Conference with only two NBC losses, with Houston having one, and they still have yet to play Houston again. And that's going to be at Wichita State. This game with Houston versus Houston earlier, um, I'm not going to say it was a close game, but it was a competitive game. Wichita State did not play terribly by any means. I think that a upset against Houston. Is plausible. Is po- I agree. I agree. I thought that game was a good game, too. Um, they covered in that game. I was pretty impressed with them in that game. Yeah, yeah. they are 9-4, 5-2 and two in the conference. They are sitting second in the conference. Yeah, with I'll, I'll a guess. decent conference with Memphis and Tulsa and SMU up there. Those are three good teams, and that's not even mentioned Houston. So yeah, Just a fantastic job to the interim coach for somehow managing to sit in second place for so long in the NBC. Um Hats off to him. Yeah, it's definitely one of the most impressive feats of the year so far. Yes. In my opinion, they, what he's done is pretty impressive. Uh, also, pretty impressive. a talent-deprived team. Many of their players, their good players, have transferred um, from the Greg Marsh abuse allegations and scandals. Yes. Um, so just what he's done with the team is very impressive. I agree. Now on to just we want to uh, pick out some of the big games tonight on Tuesday and Wednesday before we come back on Thursday with another pod. Um. Oh, as Austin just pointed out to me silently, the Big 12 SEC Challenge. We need to hit on that very quickly. We talked about most of the games. Tech beating LSU in the way they did. We talked about Oklahoma game. We talked about the Baylor game. We, really, we hit on most of them besides Iowa State getting absolutely murdered by a horrible Mississippi State team. Yeah, Didn't talk about that. 
disappointing. I mean, I'm a, I like Who the Cyclones. Yeah. I enjoy I enjoy the Cyclones. <laughs> For I like, some I like reason. the fans. I'm I'm very disappointed that they're oh, what they are they like two and seven. They're horrible. They are awful. And I I'm I'm really disappointed that that wasn't at least a little bit closer. Mississippi State is not good by any means, and they just managed to. To let them run away with the game. Yeah, the other game we didn't talk about was Texas A&M 68, K-State 61, which we don't really need to talk about much. Good job. Deirdre Maggie's good job. K-State sucks. Yeah. So, did them. Yeah. I don't, that's about all I got to say about that. Interesting to... SEC won 5-4. That's what we got to hit on. That's that's not a fair statement, though. Texas, the, the game that got canceled, that was nine games. It should be ten. The game that got canceled was... Texas at Kentucky, and that is a blowout if I've ever seen one. Of course, so of course, a Big 12 fan is going to be like, oh, one game got postponed. We play the games that are played. It is COVID year. We play the games that are played. Right. We played them. Nine games were played, five to four. Which is not me disrespecting the SEC. I think the SEC overperformed, and it was the Big 12's challenge to lose. As an uh, SEC fan, I was shocked yeah, at this. I was I was very surprised at the SEC's performance. Um, I... Yeah, I, I'm saying it should have been tied. However, the Big Ten, the Big Twelve should have done a lot better and outright outright won the conference without one of their best teams playing. This is uh, I believe this is the second year in the world the SEC has won this yeah, challenge. Yeah. And th- those of when in exception, I believe it's six or seven years old. This is the second time they've actually won yeah. in total in the last two years. I think it's showing that the SEC has been improving in basketball the last multiple like over the last. Eight years, the SEC has just improved in basketball a lot. Yeah, which is that's, good. Yeah, that's it's fair good. To say a lot of programs that traditionally aren't good or don't care as much about basketball are starting to build up. They're paying becoming, more for yeah, coaches, seriously, and they're getting good coaches. Yes. So, uh, just I was shocked, and like the fact that Texas Tech won the game the way they did, it really like should be six three, because Texas yeah, Tech should not have won that game. LSU. Folded like a fucking folding table. They really did. They that was miserable. I was surprised. I'm happy for it because we had to winning it there. Um, I they they kind of had it and then it went to overtime and they let Missouri take the game. When it when it went to overtime, it yeah, always it was over. yeah. It feels like that. Uh, it does feel like that when you know the worst team goes it takes it to overtime when it shouldn't have been. It's like oh, it's probably done. Um, yeah. So now on to the preview. Thank you for reminding me, Austin. I did want to hit that. Preview this week. Talked about a couple games today. I mean, we hit on Drake a lot. Do we think Drake bounces back and covers? Which, when I wrote down just an hour and a half ago, was it 18? It is now 19 and a half, the spread, against Illinois State. I personally don't see them covering this spread. I think they come out sloppy after an overtime game. Remember, they are just about a week removed from a uh, quarantine. So I think they still have some tired legs. I love Drake. I think they win the game easily, but I do not think they win by 20. Yeah, I think the the spread is ridiculous. It's what it really is, is a bunch of Vegas people waking up to how Drake is good and then overreacting. That is not a good spread by any means and probably a very safe bet to take Illinois State plus 19 and a half. Is that what it is? Yeah, 19 and a half. That's just so many points. It's That's so game. Many points. Some afternoon basketball. Um, and honestly, we probably shouldn't even hit on it, so we'll hit on it very quickly because the game is going to start when this podcast goes out. Georgia Tech-Louisville. I just kind of want to know who you think wins that game. I think Georgia It's a four and a half spread, by yeah. the way. I think Georgia Tech... Louisville is favored by four and a half has been overperforming lately to what they actually should be performing at. And Louisville is a very questionable and a team that lacks consistency or character. Um, so I think it could go either way. That being said, I am going to give the edge to Georgia Tech here. Uh, Louisville just dropped out of the rankings as they should be. They've been struggling recently. And Georgia Tech has just been giving all the right answers. So I'm going to go Georgia Tech on this one. Was that minus, plus four and a half for Georgia Tech? Plus four and a half for Georgia yeah, Tech. Yeah, I'm taking Georgia Tech plus four and a half. I think that's a good spread. And we have a disagreement. I'm on Louisville here. I think uh, I agree. Georgia Tech has been really good. Passers got them playing really good basketball. I think Louisville is just too talented. Carlett Jones is a fantastic point guard, and I think they, they do it to him. I think they get up for this game at home, even though it's an afternoon. It's a weird afternoon Monday game, but I think they get up for this game. I'm on Louisville minus four and a half. And uh, 
Just a quick side note, we're keeping notes of these, and so when we come back Thursday, we'll come back and see how we've done against each other in these games. So next, the final game that we want to talk about tonight is definitely the biggest one. It feels like one of the first true Big Mondays that we've got this year. Um, as we know, Big Mondays from Big 12, it, it's kind of died down a little bit, but it seems to be back tonight with Oklahoma, number nine in the country, plus seven and a half. At Texas Tech. It's at seven and a half now. It is at seven and a half now. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. It's just, that doesn't seem right at all, does it? It doesn't. I, I assume Oklahoma will be out with, will be without Reeves and uh, Williams. Two starters again. Clearly it didn't yeah, perturb it, it them didn't much against Bama. No. So it'll be interesting to see what they do tonight. I, after the way Texas Tech won that game, uh, against LSU over the weekend, I see no way that this game is more than seven. I think this is a close game. I think Texas Tech probably pulls it out at the end, but I'm taking Oklahoma plus seven and a half in this game. Uh, I just don't. I don't really see it not being a close game. It's a big Monday game. It's got to be close. Yeah. This. This. I think it's just hard for me not to take out a half million dollar loan and put it on Oklahoma right now. I don't know what the Vegas Dodgers are thinking. Maybe when I get on Thursday, I will be proven sorely wrong. But I think Oklahoma easily covers, if not wins this game. Oklahoma has been looking phenomenal. And Texas Tech has been looking good, but just hasn't been looking on Oklahoma's level. I think this should be like a one or two point spread max. And I think this is a big mistake by the Vegas odds makers. I definitely agree. Maybe not one or two, but I think it should be like three. And the fact that it's double that is ridiculous. Double that and some yeah. is a bit ridiculous. Uh, these next couple games, they do not have spreads. We do not have the spreads out yet. But massive games. Another Big 12 game that is huge. We've hit on it a little bit earlier. And hopefully it goes, as Texas didn't play this weekend. But Baylor at Texas is a massive game. I project this line to be about probably minus five and a half for who? Baylor. For Baylor. Now I I disagree with you. You know you you I you know I don't have a whole lot of experience with lines. You have more than me. However, I would not be overly surprised if the spread was Baylor minus one or a pick'em. The fact that it is at Texas and these teams are only separated by four in the rankings. Suggests to me that this is going to be an extremely close game. Baylor has been uh, explosive offensively, and Texas has been as well. I think this is going to be a shootout, and I think this is going to be a close game. This is probably the best game of the week. Absolutely, uh, without a doubt. This definitely from Monday to Wednesday, it's the best game in that time period. So let's pick it as February. a pick. It, it might be on February 2nd. It really might be. But let's pick it as a pick if you think it's going to be that close. Uh I'm 100% picking Baylor. I think Baylor gets up for this game, and I think Baylor not only beats them, but I think they beat them down. Really? Yes. So you you are you don't think it's going to be so close? Double digits. Double digits. Double digits. Now that's the prediction right there. I don't think it'll be double digits, but I'm with you. Baylor is going to win this game. Um, it's going to be within six points. That is my prediction. I think it's going to be extremely close. And the only reason it's going to be within six points is within the last minute, Texas will be down and they'll start fouling. Okay, so if the spread comes out tomorrow, I guess it'll come out later tonight. If it comes out tonight and it is a six-point, six-and-a-half-point spread, you would take Texas. I would take Texas. That's okay. just way too many points. So if the spread comes out for a show record and uh, recording stuff, if the spread comes out at six-and-a-half or yeah. higher, yeah. No Austin way. will take Texas. Yes. Okay. Next game is Illinois at Indiana. Uh, this is a tough game. Um, we're just going to pick this as a pick as well. We're going to pick the next two as pick because I, we just don't know the spreads. Um, we'll do better research next time and somehow figure out a way how to get these future spreads because I think I know a way, but I'm not totally sure. Um, I'm picking Illinois in this game. I think Illinois bounces back off their win... Well, not really bounces back. I mean, they won on Friday, and I think they continue to roll. I, I, they're an up-and-down team, and that has me worried. 
But I think Illinois wins, and I think they win by more than five. And I definitely don't think the spread will be more than five. I think you really touched on it there when you said that Illinois is an up-and-down team. That being said, uh, I'm going to take Indiana here. Indiana, and I'm not, gonna, I'm not even going to speak about Indiana. I'm going to talk about the whole Big Ten. The Big Ten is probably the best conference in America right now. Absolutely, no doubt about it. And the thing that makes it even crazier is it's, it's a chaotic conference. Um, it's hard to accurately predict um, spreads and who's going to win. Uh, upsets frequently happen because they're not really upsets because there are because the Big Ten has such uh, large depth in teams that are just about at each other's levels and have just so much talent and so much potential. I'm going to take Indiana here with the home win. Wow. Well, we we disagree again. It's good to have that though. It is good to have that. So. Um, next and final game is LSU at Alabama. Roll Tide. Give me Bama. Bama is so good. LSU. I hate gave that you said Roll Tide. An easy win there. They just they like you said they folded like a folding table and they're just not looking good. I think they're lacking um, just a star player to to finish out games for them to to come up clutch and I don't see them winning Bama now. Talking about this spread, I would not be surprised if the spread was as high as minus 10 for Bama. 10? Yes. Really? I think it is, it is at home. Bama. It is at home. And that's worth at least three points. Um, in a COVID year, I don't know if it's worth three points in a COVID year, but I would give it a point and a half. Uh, I, this spread's going to be closer to 10 than it is zero. No doubt about well, it. Of course. But... It's, I take this spread anywhere up to nine and a half, though. I do agree. I think Bama absolutely kills them. I will not say that horrible two two word phrase that they say. That's miserable, and I will not. But uh, I, just, I think they kill them. I've I think just they been looking them. at Bama this year and watching them. They when they win, they win big. I do think that LSU is a decent matchup for them, though. I just think that after the loss. Uh, to Oklahoma, they're going to be fired up. And Nate Oaks will have his crew buzzing. So uh, that's going to do it for this Monday edition of the uh, Barbecue and Curry College Basketball Podcast. Uh, I want to thank Austin for joining me today. Yeah, it's been great coming on, talking about some college basketball. It's a very interesting, very exciting season. I look forward to uh, talking about and speaking about more uh, throughout the season. Yeah, we'll be back on Thursday. Um, Everybody have a great week, and uh, bye. Bye.